the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join the conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And we are excited to be able to introduce one to one of our people running for the Minnesota um, House. And Abigail, I always love having you as my co-host. And so uh, welcome to the studio again tonight and go ahead and Tell us who we're going to be able to interview today. Yes, so this is really wonderful. We have one of our community members who are doing what we are constantly talking about, which is stepping up and doing what he can to try to help make a difference in the state of Minnesota. So we have elections right around the corner on November 8th, Mm -hmm. and we have on the line Minnesota House candidate Mark Bischofsky this evening. Mark is a respiratory therapist and father of three young boys, so he has our prayers, <laughs> who was thrust into politics in the summer of 2021 when he faced, uh, was faced with a vaccine mandate at work and had to decide, as many Americans did, okay, now my paycheck and my career is on the line. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Mark quickly discovered he was not alone in the fight for bodily autonomy and opposition to coercive vaccine mandates. After organizing many rallies and protests, he felt he was being called to run for office to give the people of Minnesota a louder voice in their government. Mark, Mm -hmm. welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Great. Well, Mark, you've said we don't need a great reset. We need a great revival of faith, family, and community which we couldn't agree with more. So we're excited to hear that line. Um, So thank you again for joining us. And tell us a little bit about, um, you know, as as you know, this radio program is centered around education, and we do have some questions about education specifically. Um, But we wanted you to to give you a chance to help our viewers get to know you as well as where you stand on some of these key issues. So tell us a little bit more about your background and why you decided to run. Yeah, so like you had stated, I'm a respiratory therapist. Um, I'm the guy that works with ventilators, life support equipment. I've uh, been doing that for, oh, 23 years. Um, it was kind of, I would consider myself, I was a leader in my field. I, I, was, I loved my job. I was good at what I did. Um, and I actually miss it. But yeah, um, so, you know, one 
kind of led to another with the vaccine mandates and the lockdowns and everything. My eyes were being opened to, um, you know, what I considered to be draconian government overreach mm-hmm. and um, decided I couldn't just stand on the sidelines. My three little boys kind of, I would watch them um, going through this, you know, all this fear mongering and everything. And it was just, I was not comfortable with, with so much of what was happening in the state businesses being closed down schools closed down canceling thanksgiving and you know forced masking of our children and i just decided i need to do something enough of taking freedom for granted and in order for me to you know do what can to make sure my children have a future i can be comfortable with i decided i was going to do something i became an activist i founded the organization stop the mandate Help a bunch of big rallies, one of the biggest marches we've had in this state for a long, long time. And, you know, one thing led to another. I never in my life, I'm 51 years old, I never in my life ever thought I would become involved in politics. I never aspired to be a politician. I don't even like that word. <laughs> I'm just an ordinary citizen. You know, mm-hmm. I've been serving my community, members of the community in healthcare when they're at their sickest. Um, laughing and crying with patients and just wanting to help people. And um, I guess this is just where, where I find myself. And a lot of it has been the hand of God at my back and, and shining a light on a path that I, I, I need to take, uh, both my wife and I, uh, faithful. And it's kind of an Esther 414 a moment for us. Just who knows that you were called for such a time as this. Hmm. That is a wonderful thing to be talking about, Mark. And one thing I was curious about, just as you are, you know, seeing that politics can be a complicated business, unfortunately. Um, And I love that you say you're not a politician. And I think Rebecca and I would think that we need more people who are not politicians to speak up for Mm -hmm. their local communities. Um, You know, I'd love to just know what has your experience been just with um, I'm sure a lot of people are coming and talking to you about their experiences as well over the past few years. Um, you know, what what are some of the things that people are telling you about um, what their hope for the direction of our state? You know, people, the, when I'm out knocking doors, the number one and two issues, which are pretty much equal in, in, of concern to people, is inflation and crime. And I think what, you know, really, when I'm talking to swing voters, Democrats, conservatives across the board, people feel the same as I do in that people are losing faith in the system. You know, politics is kind of a big club and you're not in it. And they, they really do want, as our founding fathers intended, regular people, farmers, business owners, or respiratory therapists who are willing to step away from their careers for a short time keyword short time to contribute to the legislative process and, and with honesty and integrity and, and, you know, understand that you work for the people mm-hmm. and not your party mm-hmm. or an establishment. You work for the people and, and having the courage to, to disagree with even your own party at times, it's, mm-hmm. you know, to be an independent voice for the people. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. Um, Mark, can you tell us a little bit, too, about some of the other key issues um, that we 
think or that you think are important. You, you mentioned inflation and crime. And I, I think that nationally, that's what we're seeing in polling, that inflation and crime seem to be the two biggest drivers of the elections. Um, but there are other issues. And of course, a part of crime is policing and, you know, defunding the police versus wanting to support the police. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about how you feel that we can um, bring down the crime rates and, you know, you want to support police, I assume, but what are some ideas you might have there? And then what are your thoughts on the Second Amendment and, you know, how to bring down inflation? I know that this is a state house race and so you have limited ability to affect an entire nation's um, economy, of course. Um, but if you're hearing inflation and crime, what are you telling people uh, about how to help in that regard as, as a Minnesota House candidate? Well, I would say for crime, we need to make violent criminals pay for their crimes. Right now, you know, we do enforce the laws that are on the books, and maybe we need to have mandatory minimums. If somebody's going to hold a gun to someone's head and take their car, they need to go to prison for a while, you know, and I am all about redemption and second chances. And maybe we need to look at ways to reduce recidivism. Mm -hmm. But if you are going to, you know, be so bold as to threaten somebody's life and take their property, you need to pay for your crime. And right mm -hmm. now with this cashless bail and liberal judges letting violent offenders out on the streets, immediately after they commit a violent crime, they just go out and, and create new victims mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. really we need to, we need to make violent offenders. It's flipped upside down right now. You have the police are afraid of consequences where right. violent offenders are unafraid. Of exactly. Consequences. Is that is such backwards. a good point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Say that again, just cause you kind of broke up a little bit when you said that. Well, it's flipped on its head where mm -hmm. police are, afraid of consequences where violent offenders are unafraid of consequences. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's literally, it's literally what is happening. And that message is very well received at the doors. Um, when it comes to second amendment, I believe the second amendment is enshrined in our constitution for a very good reason. It's not for deer hunting. I'm a responsible <laughs> gun owner. I, I own guns for sport hunting and also for self-defense. And, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. You know, we need to realize that taking guns away from law-abiding citizens isn't going to do anything. If you look at Chicago, New York, L.A., they all have these most strict gun laws mm -hmm. in our nation, yet they have the highest levels of gun violence. Mm -hmm. You mean they so, see those you know, no guns allowed signs on the side of the building and they don't pay attention to that? <laughs> right. Because I, that's always so strange laws, to me. Right? <laughs> I mean, I just figured there's a, I mean, didn't they see the sign? Yeah. But, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the criminals by nature do not follow rules or, or, you know, comply with the law. So taking guns away from law abiding citizens is is not uh, the way, the path forward at all. Mm -hmm. We need to protect our Second mm -hmm. Amendment rights. It was put there for a very good reason. I respect our Constitution, mm -hmm. and we need to respect, you know, I would like to know what these, you know, radical leftists, what what amendments do they want to give up? I mean, mm -hmm. they're shredding our, our First Amendment with censorship and this cancel culture. Now they're coming after the Second Amendment. Well, what amendment do they not like? And, mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely. 
Um, and before we kind of turn our attention more to the educational um, issues that obviously we're interested in hearing from you on, um, tell us a little bit about your views on the whole uh, Roe v. Wade decision that came down from the Supreme Court. Okay, so yeah, abortion is an issue right now that that is all that the Democrats can talk about. And it's deceptive, lying. I'm not going to hide from the fact that I am pro-life, but the fact of the matter is, is that in Minnesota, it will require the Supreme Court to reverse decision or the legislature can pass a bill to, um, to ratify the Constitution, to make an amendment to the Constitution, which would be voted on in a referendum in a November mm-hmm. by the voters. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, they call me extreme because I want to save babies. They, I want them to realize, picture a seven-pound baby in the ninth month, the last minute, the last hour of a term pregnancy, and they are okay with abortion on demand at any time for any reason, to kill a seven-pound baby. That, to me, is the extreme side of the issue. And, mm-hmm. and they're, it's, again, that's all they can talk about is abortion because they have no answer for the issues that are affecting everyone every day, mm-hmm. failing education, crime, and in the economy. Mm-hmm. When clearly, as you pointed out, um, in the state of Minnesota, abortion rights are not at risk at all right now. Not at all. And uh, right. so that's you know something that I think um, is important for people to understand as well. So, okay. Well, you are listening to Education America on AM 1280, The Patriot. And we have on today House candidate Mark Bischofsky, who has just shared with us why he's running, as well as where he stands on some of the key issues that we hear about today. And now we're going to dive into more detailed issues specifically centered around education and where he'd like to see change if elected. So um, why don't you start by diving into your views on current issues in education, such as um, tell us what your stand is on parental rights regarding children's education. Well, the the parents should be in charge 100%. We need to have transparent curriculum, Mm -hmm. parental involvement uh, across the board. And, you know, I'm all for having school choice as well, or the follows the student mm-hmm. because competition is, you know, we, we, we've learned throughout history that when, when you have competitive markets always end up with a better quality and more affordable uh, good or service. And it's mm-hmm. going to be the same with education. So I believe our public schools are failing. We've seen now um, over the last several years where we're seeing declines in uh, science, reading, math, proficiency, and they're focusing on what I think are, you know, these political ideologies, these divisive ideologies, uh, CRT, uh, hypersexualization, all these things, you know, those, those subjects are for parents, f- for you and your, your faith, your church to figure out. But we need to focus on academics. And I believe, like I said, the main thing, I know Iowa just passed a bill where all curricula has to be, um, available to parents review mm, mm-hmm. uh, well, that's some something we need to do and also school choice i would actually like to see more of a tax credit to the school voucher mm-hmm. uh, school vouchers you're still going to have government involved in some of this so anyway we can keep the government's fingers out of these these issues is, is better i think mm-hmm. for, for the individual 
So I, I, you know, the money needs to follow. Right now, my my wife and I are homeschooling. We can't afford private school, mm-hmm. and homeschooling. I'm I'm extremely grateful that we um, kind of accidentally stumbled upon the decision to do it, and it's been a great blessing mm-hmm. for us. Uh, hmm. So, how old are your children? Do you mind me asking? Your three boys? No, I'm not at all. Seven year old twins, so second graders, oh, wow. and a ten year old. So it's it's work, but again, you know, you know how fast your kids grow, and you only get so much time with them. So we get all this extra time with our children. We get to influence them in the ways we, you know, see best suited, and we we get to learn again as well. You don't remember everything you learned even in second grade or fifth grade. So relearning some of these things, um, it's it's been just such a blessing. It does it is some work, but really it doesn't take a whole lot of time to teach children mm-hmm. academics. You know, you spend seven hours in a school day at school. And I looked at when my uh, my fourth grader, when he was in school last year, their curriculum, and he was basically only spending a couple hours a day on the core subjects. That's the rest because of the they're so busy indoctrinating. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or they're staring at a clock or waiting in a line or doing resets. And, you know, it's good to have peer-to-peer interaction and that but my children get a lot of that uh, so they're not missing out on any of that and you know it's not this age segregation either my children are around people of all ages all day long learning manners and how to converse with people how to act um, you know so it's a blessing you know I've been scolded for saying not everyone can do it because I, you know, there are, if anyone can do it, if you make sacrifices mm-hmm. for sure, but you know, when you have two income families that, that both parents work, mm-hmm. uh, you know, each day, then I understand that's going to be difficult, mm-hmm. but I would implore anyone to, to, to try it is, it's such a blessing to have that extra time with your children mm-hmm. and to teach them and to learn yourself and to be so in with them, but so Mark, again, I'd like to have the option to send them back to public school, and right now that's not an option for yeah. us. So Mark, Absolutely. I just got to tell you that our Abigail is just like she's just like biting at the microphone because she has something very much in common with you that we oh, just yes. heard you mention. It's our running joke on the show. We <laughs> yes, only and is. I didn't realize this uh, earlier, but. We have this running joke on the show. We only invite people on who have twins in their family. So <laughs> just, and I, I have twin, we, my husband and I, we have twins as well. So, um, although not a lot of static right now. Oh, I'm so sorry. A lot of static. So just laughing about the fact that we all have, number of us have twins running in the family. So I very much understand the chaos that you and your wife are trying to manage and teach through. <laughs> Yes. Can you still hear us, Mark? Are you okay? Did we lose Mark? We may have lost Mark. Are you able to hear us, Mark? Well, while we try to see what happened with Mark now, maybe one of his boys ran over the phone line or something, because we absolutely understand (laughs) how that works. Does he live out in the middle of the country, maybe? Could be. Yeah, rocks and cows know. country, uh, according yeah, to our infamous governor. Mm-hmm, but exactly, I will well, say it's, it's just really encouraging, though, to meet with someone who, I mean, clearly they have taken their family um, in a completely different direction yeah. over the past twelve months from um, working in a more 
conventional uh, place and having their students in public Mm -hmm. school to deciding, wait a minute, you know, we really want to reorient towards what works best for Mm -hmm. our family. And Mm -hmm. I think, Rebecca, you and I often talk about, you know, just that takes a lot of courage Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of intentionality to really look at, you know, again, whether it's homeschooling, whether it's private school, um, charter schools, um, you know, it is so important for families to have options because not every, in, you know, not everything, um, whether it, regardless of the school, the regardless of the learning environment will be the best fit for the, either the family or the student. And what a blessing that they were not only intentional about it, but were able to make those decisions. And we hope that mm-hmm. families are encouraged by yeah. listening to someone who really is, um, you know, he's not a, um, mm-hmm. you know, hyper ivory, Ivy mm-hmm. League CEO who, you know, has, you know, you know, just kind of the world on a platter. It's Mm -hmm. it's your neighbor Mm -hmm. who has decided to make, you know, move in a different direction and is doing what he can Mm -hmm. to, you know, impact his community and fight for the good of his community. And and I love that he is talking about being in favor of school choice. I think that's an important detail. And, you know, he's saying that he's a little bit more interested in the tax credits over the vouchers. That's fine. I understand that and think that that's a great plan, too. And, you know, we need more people like him in the House of Representatives. You know, Mm -hmm. the Senate has historically in Minnesota been, um, you know, generally in favor of the school choice efforts uh, led often by Senator Chamberlain. Uh, But the House has always come up short. And so we need more people like Mark Bischofsky Mm -hmm. to really step up and lead the way to have more school choice, you know, in Arizona, where they just passed the most extensive voucher law in the land. Yep. Basically, the money does follow the child. Yes. I just read something briefly yesterday that they had like 10,000 new applications for private school, like, or for the vouchers. Like, the applications are just rolling in yes, for these vouchers. And I am sure that more and more parents are saying, oh, I can finally make a move to a school that I know is going to educate my child in a way um, that is going to serve them well. And I don't have to worry about all the indoctrination. I don't have to worry about the low test scores and um, the fact that, you know, so many, sadly, so many schools today are focused more on the social issues. Okay. Yes, that is, that is really just just an exciting trend. Are you there? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, there was a something happened there where there was just a lot of static, couldn't hear anything, and back. So let's All hope it right. happen. We figured one of your boys might have been sabotaging the phone line. So, <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Well, Mark, we've actually just been talking a little bit about you know the fact that we admire what you've been doing. You know, in terms of um, you know your everyday neighbor is running for office and trying to make a difference and doing what's best for your family. Love the fact that you are in favor of school choice. And we talked a little bit about how popular that that is clearly becoming in Arizona, where they just passed the most extensive school choice legislation in all of the nation. And um, people are really jumping into that to that well to that realm because of it. Um, So maybe tell us a little bit about. Uh, your thoughts about the test score drops. And, you know, I know you mentioned briefly critical race theory and comprehensive sex ed and that kind of thing. Um, But, you know, tell us what your desire is for the students of the Minnesota, because the vast majority of kids, even with 
many leaving the private schools or leaving the public schools, the vast majority of kids are still being educated in, in the public schools. And so we need them to be improved. So what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, again, I would say competition is uh, um, be a, a large part of how we can correct that, where schools like Liberty Classical, mm-hmm. uh, you know, explode mm-hmm. because they're teaching academics and, and, and leaving, you know, political ideology at the door mm-hmm. where it should be and focusing on academics. So I, I believe that's be the main driver and hopefully you know arizona sets forth a model for how we can do this throughout the rest of the country mm-hmm. but yeah i mean school choice is is going to be i think you know the number one thing we can do to create that competition to put pressure on the public schools because they're going to lose a, a ton of enrollment and they're going to have to look at what they're doing and change so that's going to be you know a big thing you know i don't know if we can legislate played away the fact uh, this equity, inclusion, diversity, you know, CRT, these concepts. I don't know how you legislate that out of the system. I'm sure you guys have seen that the new teacher's license requirements basically mandate that they include those concepts in, in every class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is the concern. I was actually just going to bring that up with you, and then you just brought it up yourself. So I'm glad that you're aware of that. Have you had a chance to speak out against that? Assuming yeah, you're not a, in favor. To a certain degree. And in, in fact, I'm running against a school union president. Uh, he's the Democrat. Oh, like really? Democrat okay. Opponent. Okay. So he's, you know, very highly embedded in that um, that ideology, for lack of better ways to put it. So, yeah, um, you know, they not claim to be, and I, I, I tell this to everyone, I don't claim to be an expert on any of these issues. I believe as a legislator, you need to listen. You need to be willing to explore and get advice from, from people with both, you know, views. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning as I go, but I, I know, you know, I sternly believe the CRT, there's no place for it in our schools. It divides. You know, mm-hmm. they're dividing people into oppressors and oppressed, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just a divisive ideology, and it's literally creeping itself into every aspect of life. You know, corporations. My, where I was working formerly, we had to take our annual education on these like white privilege trainings, and now you've got school curricula that's teaching students to, to view everything through this prism of race. It's just more division. It's They say it's equity, but it's anything but. It's it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We we've, had, we've had people on that have said it's basically racism in the name of anti-racism, you know, and, and that is exactly what it is. And you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the Exodus ladies, but they have come on our show multiple times. It's five black women, all of whom have risen above any circumstances and are so opposed to critical race theory being used in the schools. And so, you know, good good for you, Mark, to not be afraid to speak out on this issue because it's harming the very people it purports to help. And Mark, we just have a few seconds left on the show. So how can listeners, if they want to get to know you or support you in any way, how can they reach out and find you? 
Oh, there's a lot of information at my website. Uh, people can uh, give donations there. Um, a lot of where I stand on the issues. There's a couple of videos. In fact, one with my little boys on there, and that's Mark for M N House dot com. M A R K F O R M N H O U S E dot com. And you can email me through there. That's a big thing too. I want to I want to be accessible to everyone, and I respond to anyone's messages. So there's a there's a spot to send an email and message me, give me advice. Okay. And you can you can give donations and um, yeah I want to talk to as many people as I can so that I can do what's best for everyone. Oh, good for you and thank you, Mark, for joining us today. Again, it's Mark with a K M A R K for Minhouse dot com. If you'd like more information, thanks for joining us tonight, Mark, and uh, best wishes. And don't forget to vote on November eighth and listen to this podcast at savetheclassroom dot com. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.